Prepare yourselves for a new form of extraterrestrial terror. Just when you thought the world couldn't get weirder, experience the incredible tale of how humans lost planet Earth. Young lovers, a week in the country, a thrilling story of survival. From outer space, they arrive. They're furry, cuddly, gently. Oh, my God. Poofs with an insatiable thirst for world domination. I guess I don't really know what a poof is. What? It's like an ottoman, like a furry footstool. Okay, yeah, I thought maybe it was more like a decorative poof. What's a decorative poof? What do you mean? Yeah, I, don't, I do not know. They will soon be invading theaters and homes all over America. When they arrive... Would you wait to be rescued, or would you save yourselves? Welcome to Flyby Films. Once or twice a month, using the ma magic of distance-defying pubes, we can get together to discuss films that either have been or will be forgotten. I'm Blake Collier, and sitting next to me in this tiny box, a tiny box that's across the universe, on a line in Chico, California. Like, we're talking like serious, serious technology going on here for this to happen is my friend and co-host, Jameson. On this episode, we are going to be talking about Save Yourselves! <laughs> Movie about a bunch of hipsters who are trying to disconnect for, the, for a week. And something bad happens. That's never happened in the history of hipsterdom. Nothing bad happens to hipsters. Isn't that true, Jameson? I mean, I can only go based on my life as a hipster. Nothing bad has ever happened to me. <laughs> I So, there. I mean, it's anecdotal, but... You well, know. okay. Well, speaking of nothing bad ever happening to you, uh, how you been, Jameson? How's your heart? <laughs> How's my heart? Oh, wow. We're, we're going straight for the heart. <laughs> right out the gate. Oh, man. Uh, my heart has been good. My heart has been really full lately because of my, uh, my son, who is turned three months on Wednesday. And man, um, so fast. Yeah, so fast. But he's, he's so damn cute. Uh, he just is. I don't know. I have him on my phone and I have him in real life and sometimes I'll be holding him and he'll be being boring and I'll just look at him on my phone and so I have all these options to stare at him. I know that sounds creepy, but like I'm pretty infatuated at the moment. He's three months. Um, I've heard that this is like just a really sweet time of, oh, of his life. So yeah, and he's he's so cute. He's a chubby little bunny, and I like it. He's so cute. I don't. Oh man, <laughs> and he's got like this red hair, and we're trying to figure out where that, like, 
That's Kira, right? Well, so kind of. She has some like strawberry blonde, Uh and then I have a lot of red in my beard. But um, in fact, like as I get older, my beard has started to become more majority red, um, which is kind of surprising. So I think I have some of that, but I don't, I don't know. According to my mom, there's some, there's some red in our family, but, um, but yeah, in order to be like a full blown, like ginger redhead, uh, you need like the gene from both sides. So that's, I don't think, I mean, we'll see, we'll see if he does turn out to like, you know, it's a little too early to tell right now, but um, but in these pictures, man, like we have this this outfit where he's wearing suspenders and there's hearts on it and it's red and his red hair really pops with that. So um, anyway, it's yeah. so we're, we're thinking that somewhere along the way, somewhere in the family tree, there was a redheaded stepchild once removed. Yep. Some somewhere there. <laughs> did you know something i learned about redheads did you know they need more well this is a disputed medical fact but uh there have been studies and in the studies the sample size the redheads needed more uh anesthesia to knock them oh. out and so because they're uh, so angry all the time yeah no there's a theory that the gene like reacts to anesthesia a little bit um or needs more to react to it so you know what know. else they need more of um Sun, sunscreen sunscreen true story yeah. that is 100 percent medically certified i believe it i believe you know what else you know what else is uh medically in dispute right now i'm gonna go a little political here <clears throat> uh, the fact that uh, the fact that COVID came possibly came out of a a lab in China. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw it was the Department of Energy. I guess there were like seven departments or something like that that were asked. I don't know. I don't know why. I think I think two or three of them said they thought that it was possible with quote unquote low confidence, whatever the that means and then the other four were like yeah we don't we don't buy it completely yeah i i mean it's hashtag science yeah i think (laughs) like i was reading something today in in the atlantic because i'm so fancy uh it was just that than the new york (laughs) times (laughs) yeah but I mean, it was just a free article on my on my Apple News thing. Um, <laughs> like, I don't subscribe to any of this. But uh, the idea was, we'll we'll really never know the origins, and that kind of sucks. Um, but you know, it could have been a lab, and uh, I mean, there was a lab in the city that studies, you know, virology. Um, and so, you know, that's a potential thing, but it probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't intentional. 
Um, I think that's what all of these places are saying that, you know, but who knows? Are you there? Blake. Blake. Did you get, did you die? Blake. Oh, I think Blake got disconnected. No, I think uh, I got now disconnected. We're back. Damn. <clears throat> I didn't say anything during that. Anyway, um, Blake is gone. I am here. Well, I'm here now. I think I need to continue. Anyway, I didn't want to talk about the lab leak, but Blake did. So, yeah, Department of Energy thinks that it's possible. How about now? Can you hear me now? Um, I was also going to ask Blake about his kid, um, how that's going. But we can continue talking about uh, Hazel. Anyway, Hazel's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to try to figure out what is going on with Blake. I can. Can you hear that me? That was weird. I literally was here, and I could hear you, and I could see you move, but you did not see or hear me. Oh, weird. <laughs> you know what else is weird? It kept the recording going, even though I went out and back in. So. Well, and that's what I was afraid of. That's why I didn't really do anything on my side whenever you couldn't hear me, is because I was afraid if I left it would shut down the the recording because I had kept silent the whole time. Cause I was like, well, that w I can just make an easy cut and call it good. But yeah, that didn't work out. I so, don't think you need to. I think yeah. you're just going to have to hear me monologue about the last. Oh yeah. Time. I'm leaving that in. I'm just going to cut oh, out yeah. that really wide space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to yeah. keep this part in where we're talking about what we're going to do. Because that's how low effort we are. I think it's good podcasting, honestly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you're telling it's, me. It's, I mean, it's, it's certainly tough. better than talking about where COVID came from. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I think it is more interesting. <laughs> yeah. At this point, at this point. Uh, but so I talked about how my son was doing. How is your son doing? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh man he's he he's fine he's fine he's 
I think he's going into some two-year-old sleep regression because uh, he's been it's been pretty rough this last week getting him down. But mm. we've had some issues with daycare that's been resolved. I think. I mean, we're still leaving at some point, but uh, at least it's uh, it's cordial, and I didn't have to, you know get daddy pissed or anything like that. So you didn't have to bring the Blake hammer. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, which for me, anyone who knows me knows that that's, that's the most feather like hammer you'll ever meet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because it's, it's like tickle torture. That's what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Right? I, I kill people yeah. with kindness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's in my blood. Uh, no, actually, I think it's largely because I'm, I'm absolutely terrified by, uh, inheriting my dad's temper, uh, that Mm. like, I'm afraid of what will happen if I go past the point of return. (laughs) And so it's more like, uh, it's like the the Hulk. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And when he was like, you need to get angry. You know what the trick is? I'm always angry. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah family trauma man we're starting this episode off real good i know lab leaks family trauma you know yeah screaming children screaming children yeah it's great it's great yeah i uh no he's good i mean seamus himself he's great he's uh he's full of energy and he probably is overstimulated, most likely, at school, and uh, just a lot of kids, a lot of things to look at. He's got probably some of his mom's uh, sensory overload, ADHD, probably coming in his coming his way. If I had to guess, but yeah, he he's good. He's a sweet kid. Yeah, he's pretty cool. You send me videos every once in a while. Oh, and they're yeah. always, they're always uh, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to bring the fire if I can. So I, I appreciate your fire. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you, Jameson. Oh, thanks, Blake. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thought a cute story though. We have this book called The Rattlebone Rock for any parents out there. If you haven't gotten this book, it's quite good actually. But it's got a lot of different, like, horror-ish characters in it. Like ghouls and ghosts and um, witches and things like that. Anyways, they're all making... They're out in the graveyard and they're, they've got this certain beat that they're dancing and singing to and whatnot. Anyways, really fun book. But there's a page that has a banshee. Now, the banshee in the book looks like this really big ghost like a wind kind of swept ghost and so whenever Seamus looks that he's like ghost and I'm like no it's it's actually a banshee but it looks like a ghost and so he started saying it's a it's a ghost banshee and then he because we say to him all all the time that you know, whenever he's crying or something like that, we ask him, are you, are you a sad boy? You know, that kind of thing. So he sees the face on the banshee and he, he thinks that the banshee is sad. And so we've got this new phrase where he says, ghost banshee sad boy. And so, 
So he he will literally say that, and and he'll go around. He'll be like, he'll act like he sees a, a ghost banshee, and he'll be like, ghost banshee, sad boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cute. So, this is what you have to look forward to, Jameson. Cute little words that make no sense, but you you just latch on to them because they're awesome. So I'm I'm so excited about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was that book called again? Rattlebone Rock. Rattlebone Rock. Yeah, yeah, that definitely sounds up our alley. For, yeah, it's fun for kids' books. So yeah, we still read a, a Christmas cookie story too. So we we are not we're not one of those people that puts away seasonal books. Oh, into into February. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he still reads it. It's the Christmas cookie book. We got to find where the Christmas cookie is. All so, right. Yeah. Spoiler alert: It's in the mouth of the dog. Oh. While the cat's drinking the milk. Well, now I don't have to read it. Yeah, it's fine. Rattlebone Rock is way better. Okay. <laughs> well. Good to know. Good to know. I mean, based on the way you describe them, I would have assumed that too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, passionate about some, not so much others. <laughs> I can so, tell. So, Jameson, Blake, what are we? What are we talking about this week? Well, we're going to talk about this movie. But, um, I don't know. What else has been going on in your life? <laughs> Are you drinking anything? It's a, also, uh, if you guys didn't know, listeners, it's a Friday night tonight. Oh, this wow. is our, this is our opening of the weekend plans to record this for you. So, yeah, because, because yours truly had a crap day yesterday and was awake at 3 a.m. rocking a awake child well he no he was going to sleep which is why I was rocking him he was sleeping and that was the only way he would sleep and so yeah I was awake for a good long while and I went to bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> my eyes well. were barely open are you doing better this day? Oh yes, much much better, much better. Yeah, doing good. I am wide awake. I'm ready to ready to go. But nice. yeah, I it's been a it's been a shit work week, but they usually are. So it's work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Work has been very very stressful for me. Just nice, like, nice dodge, Jameson. Nice dodge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I told my coworkers about my podcast today, and now I'm like, I did. I, I'm trying to think back. Did I say anything bad about the place I work at, or did I complain? You know, and I don't. I don't. I'm I'm about ninety nine point eight percent sure that you did not say anything negative about your workplace. Nor did I. Yeah, we just we don't have any negative thoughts about yeah. work. Yeah, 
I have negative thoughts about work. <laughs> I just yeah. don't have negative thoughts about my workplace. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> I wish we lived in a world where no one had to work. That would be nice. Or at least um, where work felt like leisure. Yeah. 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 But yeah. But it's yeah, this dream. this this week at work has been has been a lot. So I'm I am here for the weekend. I'm here for the podcast and I'm excited. Um Blake, I'm going to put you on blast. Okay. Uh Blake texted me on Sunday and he was like, "Hey, I just started the movie." I'm enjoying it, but I have to stop watching it. And why did you have to stop watching it, Blake? Do you remember? Because I, I was tired? Because you were stepping out on our podcast. Oh, yes. That's right. I was. I was I'm was. i a cheating little whore. <laughs> Blake, whoa. Blake is cheating <laughs> on us. <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean it's it's not like it's a big deal. I'm I'm just cheating on you with a bunch, with a no name. I I don't even remember ever having the conversation where we said we were going to be in an open podcast relationship. Uh, but I guess we are. Well, uh, excuse me, sir, but I was already in this other relationship before we started this podcast. So <laughs> I thought that had ended. I thought that. It was uh, it was a temporary thing, and now well, you were in thing. this. And then, and then, and then he had to go and release another book. Well, you know, now how do you think I feel? I have to go find a New York Times bestseller to go and have a podcast with, <laughs> just to get back at you. Jeez. Hey, do it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually interested to see who you get. Who I who I get? Uh, me too. I'm interested to see who I could possibly get. It's gonna be me and Cormac McCarthy doing a podcast. That would be amazing. I would listen to every episode of that. <laughs> it would be amazing, but it would never. I I think it would be terrifying. Actually. I feel like you two would have nothing in common. Absolutely except nothing, the, except for how much you both love his books. I I actually don't know that yeah about him um if he loves He strikes books. me as someone who has a bit of an ego but yeah for good reason he he writes great books so yeah. <laughs> I mean it's not it's not bravado if if you can live up to it so No what what Jameson is talking about <clears throat> is the uh, destroyer of podcasts podcast which is a little bit of an overstatement. Uh, speaking of the double podcast, because that's not actually what it's called. It's just Destroyer of Podcasts. But I'm friends with Matt Ruff, who wrote Lovecraft Country, and he just released a sequel, Destroyer of Worlds. And we're doing a short little four or five episode run of uh podcast to celebrate the release so yeah i did step out and it felt good jameson it felt good yeah the first podcast you're going to destroy is this one right 
Oh, well, that was going to happen anyways. We've already talked about the Oasis moment whenever that might yeah. come. So, yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. This is no. this is small, small beans compared to what is going to come. So. No, I, uh, I, I started listening to uh, Destroyer of Podcasts, and I'm looking forward to it. I haven't read Lovecraft Country or... The sequel, which I don't think is out yet, but it is. Um, it is a oh, a, as of the twenty first. Okay, well, yeah. of yeah. last month, because we're officially in March. We are in March, which I've been having to tell myself the last two days. We three days. We are in March. <laughs> do you do you have any March madnesses that you celebrate? Mm-hmm. I don't understand basketball. I I enjoy watching it, but I have no idea what's going on. I'm just a big fan of brackets. <clears throat> so whenever someone shows a picture of a bracket, I get excited. So that's fair. And I think there's we should a start lot of our own bracket. Maybe next year. Yeah. We should have our own bracket. The fly by films bracket. What Maybe would we, we can... bracket? We got a year to figure it out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which means a year and a half of films, maybe. Maybe we can bracket off the films we've watched or something. I don't know. Let our, I feel like, let our yeah. listeners pick. Yeah. Tell us in the comments what you guys want us to bracket. Uh, maybe. Make sure you put or the answer in brackets. Put it in that'll brackets. Be, that'll be what they call humorous. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get points for reference. Yep. Double reference. That's right. Double reference. No, we uh, we should figure something out. We've got a lot of ideas for the future with this with this great low effort podcast. It's it's going to require a little bit more than low effort to do some of these things, but I think it's worth it. We're, I mean, we're slowly only put so much into it. Yeah, we're slowly rolling these ideas out. Look. I, we had our first guest on last time. Yeah. I feel like that's, you know, that was a lot. Did it achieve what you thought it was going to achieve? Has it become the highest listened to episode? It's the second highest listened to episode. It was. The uh, pilot is still the first, I'm guessing. Pilot, pilot is still the first. That's fair. Yeah. People go to the pilot. pilot. Yeah. 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 Um, But, uh, but no, well, I think it achieved, uh, what I was hoping for because it was such a good episode. Um, uh, yeah. If you're listening to this episode and you want a better one, go listen to the episode before it. Now, just stop, just stop listening. No, this is going to be a great Uh, episode. It's going to, we're going to be talking a lot of shop on this episode. It's going to be great. Talk shop. Shop we, talk. We have thoughts about this film. We do. We don't normally have these kinds of thoughts about the films we watch. <laughs> but we are going to express these specific types of thoughts on this episode. And it's going to be. Maybe. Well, now that you've put the pressure on, I don't know. I don't know, Blake. I don't know. 
I don't you don't know, know if, I if can... you want to share those thoughts with them? Yeah, I don't know if I want to share it now. I'm feeling shy. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> no wonder I'm cheating on you. <laughs> oh. Oof. <laughs> Tonight is rough. Man. You didn't see that coming, oh. did you? That's what she said. Um, Sorry for my Michael Scott moment there. Do you do you celebrate um, St. Patrick's Day? Do you do, do any of that? Not not normally. Um, this year we will be going to the to the St. Patty's Day block party outside of the local Irish pub because my mom and sister and niece will be in town. That oh, weekend. nice! So. We are going to do that. Kilkenny's in Tulsa is actually a really great bar slash restaurant. Uh, they have great food, good drinks. They're yeah, it's it's a cool place. So because they're a, <clears throat> I mean, it's traditional Irish pub as you can be in America. Um, but yeah, they're they're awesome, and they've got a great brunch, which is not Irish in the least, but. I think Irish people ate brunch. Yeah, but they don't call it brunch. But brunch is... Yeah. Brunch (laughs) is just when you have a meal between 10 and 1, right? That's brunch. On a weekend. Yes, on a weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Some places it's 10 and 2. Kind of like the steering wheel. 10 and 2. Oh, Uh, the listeners can't hear this because it's visual, but Blake is doing, um, steering wheel motions and it's great. Um, I like to get, uh, I actually really like corned beef and I I, I like getting a big one and then having, um, leftovers to make sandwiches. So... Anyway, are you a I look for person, dude. I am such a sauerkraut person. Oh. You know what I realized? I like sauerkraut, mm-hmm. but I don't like kimchi. Yeah, not a fan either. I it's I've ha- I so I went to Korea in the summer and I was like I am gonna eat everything, and I just I did eat a lot of kimchi, but I was like I don't I don't care for it that much. And I think that's just me. Like, and I know that there's probably some kimchis that are, that I like, but yeah. But I do like sauerkraut for some reason. There's a fusion Uh. kimchi out there that I would like. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's some, (laughs) some variation. Have I ever told you my grand theory about food? No, please. My grand theory about food is that. It doesn't matter what you dislike. There is someone out there in the world that can make it in a way that you do like it. I buy that, except for a few small things. Like what? Olives. No, I think I think someone can do it. Nope. Wait, is it because you're allergic? Because I can't help I... that. No, I hate olives. Like with both every... green and black? Because I just don't all, like green. All of them. But 
But you don't think someone could make something? No. Huh. Okay. I feel like olives are too much of a atomic food item, right? Okay. Like, it just... If I sense that an olive is in my mouth, <laughs> I get like... I start feeling ill. And I know that's... I know that's like psychosomatic, right? Like yeah. it's not, I'm not ill, but it's just. I mean, you're ill, but in like the 1989 hip hop sense. No, I think, I think I, <laughs> maybe, sure. I get a lot of shit for this because I'm Greek. Um, so many people think they're so funny by saying, oh, you're a Greek and you don't like olives. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Wait, Greeks like olives? Yeah, I guess they make olive oil. So, um, Weird. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just don't like them. First people I think of is, is Italians, so. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's like the Kalamata olives right those are no one likes those i don't certainly i don't i'm not gonna you know challenge give me that. give me the old-fashioned canned black olives the ones that just come out with a bunch of weird watery substance you can have those well <laughs> yeah i so i think that what you're saying is generally true and i think that there's a few minor exceptions but yeah i i think like anything like complex enough where you don't mind the you know the different parts of it and you're like well i don't like how it's you know together i'm sure someone can make it you know good enough anything that you're willing to eat but say like oh i don't really like that I'm sure it could be made in a way that you really like it. So now I suppose there is one thing that I might add to the exception list and that's any kind of tongue. Mm. And that's really less of a taste thing and more of a texture thing. Okay. Mainly cause it's just chewy. Yeah. Yeah. Rubbery. I haven't had a lot of tongues in my life. I've only had it once or twice. Hmm. Yeah. You went back for seconds? No. Different kind of tongue. Okay. No, that's not terrifying. Or is it? You had to be sure. Yeah, the, the listeners didn't see this, but I just pulled the uh, Hannibal Lecter tongue thing. At Jameson. I don't think he noticed it, though. Oh, I didn't notice because you froze right at that moment. Oh, that's real sad. I didn't see your tongue at all, so... Mm. That's that's too bad. Because I was going to serve up fava beans and a nice Chianti. There, I saw it that time. (laughs) Um, Who is the best Hannibal Lecter? Anthony Hopkins, hands down. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. I mean, I, that's I that's mean, not even that's like not a hard one. So I mean, Matt's gives him a run for his money, but he's also playing young Hannibal Lecter. 
So mm-hmm. it's just a different thing. But Anthony Hopkins, like when you hear Hannibal Lecter, he's he's the face that comes to mind. So. Absolutely. It's so funny because I think of I do think of him as Hannibal Lecter, but I think of Anthony Hopkins as such like a happy little guy. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I can completely divorce the Anthony or the the, the Hannibal Lecterness when I think of Anthony Hopkins. Which isn't yeah. true for all actors. Nope. Um I'm trying to think of some examples of actors where that role has really like marred how I feel about them. Um, All I think of when I think of Willem Dafoe is his penis and Antichrist. <laughs> I haven't seen Antichrist <laughs> probably for that reason, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't even know if it was his penis, but that's what I, I have a very stark image of his penis from. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard it's, it's, it's crazy. Do you ever see uh, Last Temptation of Christ? Uh, I did, but it, it was a long, long time ago, and I barely remember it. Willem Dafoe is Jesus in it. Yeah, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying, but the weirdest thing about it is Willem Dafoe is, like, super handsome in that role. And he's yeah. made to, like, look super handsome. And... I don't know, you know, I'm sure there's someone in the world who finds Willem Dafoe attractive and handsome, but he is the Green Goblin to me. And and he just has kind of, he's a face that fits it and, you Mm -hmm. know, and and mannerisms. And that was really hard to kind of (laughs) match this, like, pretty boy Jesus Christ with... uh, with crazy old, you know, uh, lighthouse green goblin guy. So, if I if I had the money and the the talent, I would make an, another Jesus film. But I would put Christopher Walken as Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So he could be walking on water. And, oh, that's the name of it. That is, there it is. Walking on water. And we could get Nick Cage to play Pontius Pilate. <laughs> I feel like there is some, like, movie that got lost in pre-production where he was Pontius Pilate. I'm Nick sure Cage. of it somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He definitely was cast as Pontius Pilate at one point. And imagine out of all the actors in history, he's probably got the most dead films in his filmography. The ones that mm-hmm. were in pre-production then just died. Absolutely. <clears throat> I think he just signed up for all of the films. Like, there was a sign-up sheet. Well, he had to uh, pay. He had to pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did he... He's a Coppola. I'm sure he could have you know, talk to his family. Well, yeah, I mean, but he probably would have had to do something illegal. Mm. See what I did there? That's stereotyping. That is. But also Coppola made The Godfather. 
So, is it really stereotyping? Who knows? I don't know. As someone with an Italian last name, I am not offended. And see, and see, that's the thing, though, is that I never would have guessed you were actually Greek because Barsotti sounds Italian. Yeah, so my grandfather is my dad's stepdad, and he is Italian. And he's, he's the only grandpa that I knew, and he was basically my dad's dad. And my dad took his name. And, gotcha. Yeah. The other option was Hanger, and I think I leveled up with Barsotti instead. Nice. Yeah. So. Jameson Blair Hanger. This doesn't have the, the, the je ne sais no. pas. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I, so. I'm grateful for my dad for that one. Oh, yeah. He made the right choice. Just like the fact that I thank God every day that I'm a man. Because if I had been a girl, my mom would have called me Calypso. Oh, that is an interesting name. It's not. It's a bad name. <laughs> no one no one wants to be called Calypso. Nope. Are you... She tells you this with a straight face. Yeah. You would have, you would have been Calypso. My my mom has has a limited range of sense of humor. <laughs> she she doesn't dig that deep for for humor. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good one. I don't know. <laughs> you think Calypso is a good name? No, I think it's like I'm trying to figure out where it came from. I think I, I think it's a good mystery. <laughs> maybe maybe to... if you're lucky, I'll ask her where she got the harebrained idea to to call Calypso. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's like in some some <clears throat> book, or maybe you had some, you know, someone in your lineage named Calypso. I I have my doubts, but but it, it might right. have been something that came out of a book. Yeah. That is possible. It has, mean, a, it has a mythological feel to it. Yeah. But not a cool kind. Like, more like, like we're talking like Grima Wormtongue and Tolkien or something like that. Like, the sad I, sack that no one wants to be. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think Calypso is better than Wormtongue. Like, if, if her options were Calypso and Wormtongue... I would have hoped that you would be a girl, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm talking more of just the the the, the image in my head when I hear both names is a mm-hmm. sad person, like a sad, like demonic person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I also think the the like distinction between blake and calypso you know that's my it's mom such, it's it's such a gap yeah. there's no yeah wow yeah it's um yeah yeah that was a that that's probably the biggest bullet i've ever dodged in my entire life 
So you don't think it's like it is that you don't think she's messing with you because like I actually think it's kind of a funny story to lie to your kid and tell them that if they were, you know, a a girl, you would have named them this terrible name or if they're a girl, name them this I terrible mean, boy if, name. If, if it is, in fact, a long running con slash joke. Yeah. <clears throat> then my mom is a comic genius. I do not believe this can be the case. Okay. You, you're choosing that this is not the universe we live in. Yeah, no. No, there's another universe where that might have been the case. Yeah. The but same universe there. that you are, Calypso. Yes. And she bet someone that if you were and she tells me every day that the reason why she named me that was as a joke Mm. it's like the exact reverse yeah i don't i think that's a worse universe so i'm (laughs) glad you're in this one (laughs) Uh, speaking of worst universes though mm -hmm. is this the darkest timeline uh, is this? No, this isn't the darkest timeline. It's getting dark out there, though. I mean, it's really dark right now because it's night. But yeah, I uh, think that happens every getting, day. Things are getting dark and uh, they get darker as you pay more attention to what's going on in the world. And it might make you feel like you want to disconnect things oh. right i wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> you wouldn't nope 100 connected at all times well that's probably good because being connected means that you hear about if something bad is going to happen yeah right? mm-hmm. i don't know what you're uh, getting at but yes oh I, I'm just I'm kidding. kidding. I, I'm I'm kidding. I know exactly what you're getting at. Blake, what am I getting at right now? You're getting at the movie we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. Yes. Which is Save Yourselves. The movie is Save Yourselves. So this movie came out like two years ago, three years ago at this point. Um, Was it 2020 or 2021? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? No one else remembers because exactly. no one saw this movie. Um, I remember hearing about it, but I did not see it until now. Yeah. I think that this movie was definitely a uh, casualty of, of the pandemic. A big yeah. casualty. And these are the types of movies that I think Flyby Films is for. So, um, literally just immediately forgotten, too. Mm-hmm. So, I was excited to revisit it. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, you know, a little cutesy at first. Mm-hmm. You have this, this Brooklyn-y hipster couple. And they are are fun to watch, but maybe a little too happy, a little too annoying, and yeah. and a little too perfect and whatnot. Um, 
but uh, they kind of realize that they're not really doing anything with their life. And one of the problems that they diagnose it as is maybe they stare at their phones a little too much. I mean, literally, their phone cock-blocked them. Yes. In the first part of the film. In the first part, yeah. Yep. Uh, It's pretty funny. Um, I'm sorry to anyone who is listening who is offended by the the term I just used, but it's it's what happens in the film. It's what happens, yeah. And uh, these two are played by John Reynolds and... uh, Sunita Mani. I've not and, heard of either one of these people. So, uh, Sunita Mani, you might recognize her from everything, everywhere, all at once. You might, if you watched it. Did you see it? Uh, yes, I did see it. I'm trying to so, think. I will give you a hint. She was in the regular universe in that movie and the hot dog finger universe. Okay, yeah, I I just still don't remember. The only thing I remember in the Hot Dog Universe is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's she's in that. Um, but uh, Sunita Mani is there's a movie they watch on TV, and she is oh, the princess I, character in that. Yeah. Okay, I I do I do vaguely remember that part. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's funny. So her connection to that movie is actually one of the things she's most famous for is she was in a music video that Daniels, the Daniels who directed everything everywhere all at once directed. Uh, it was the music video for the song turn down for what? <laughs> and so uh, she's, she's well known for dancing in that. But um, in this movie, she is one of the main characters. And then there's also John Reynolds, who, if anyone's seen Search Party. Uh, I have not, but I've heard decent things about it. It's a very strange show, and yeah. it fits in kind of with the same feelings of this this movie, too. So, so he's got kind of a theme going. Yeah, he basically plays the same character in that in that okay. show that he's in nice. now. Uh, but his significant other is, um, I'm blanking on her name, but uh, maybe from Arrested Development. Um, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Um, I've forgotten her name too. I just I, I I go off of maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I, I mean, see her, I'm like, that's maybe. Yeah, I think of maybe. And, you know, it's hit or miss whether I say Michael Sarah or George Michael, um, too. So <laughs> that yeah. show really burned itself into my mind for the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even when I see Tony Hale, it's Buster. Buster. Well, it it also doesn't help that uh, his character in Veep is basically another Buster. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but but so. a slightly more serious. <laughs> yeah. Slightly yeah. more serious, Buster. Slightly more serious, but <laughs> but still, still has uh, mother issues apparently. Oh yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so getting back to the movie, 
so they decide that they they want to disconnect and um and they turn off their phones they turn off their computers and they go to a cabin in upstate new york to you know reconnect with each other and um and so what they're doing is they're saving themselves they're trying to save themselves and that's what the movie is referring to right like that's what the title means yeah right yeah no No, it's not well i mean it's 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 a double it's a double meaning technically yeah because they are trying to they're not trying to save themselves from from marriage that that is not something they did no, and it wasn't. They weren't using their phones to help them save themselves for that. That wasn't where the cock walking came. That out. is true. They were not. Uh, they weren't trying. That to, would be least. funny though. That would be hilarious. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, no. They uh, they were going to reconnect and saving their relationship mm-hmm. themselves. You know. But then, what ends up happening? Well, they get attacked by poofs. Oh yeah, poofs. Poofs. Cuddly poofs that are Which, also deadly. I just want to point out, like I was a little bit on the fence until a poof showed up. I was like, <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah, the poofs are awesome. The poofs are incredible yeah so so for those not not in the know or haven't seen the movie the world while they're out on their disconnected disconnect vacation the world is um taken over by an alien species of fuzzy fur balls that are poofs essentially yeah. mm-hmm. and um all of these cities are just collapsing and they have like two to three to four days before they even realize that any of this is happening around them even though it's happening even early on they just they don't they miss it they they miss it completely yeah. Because they were trying to disconnect. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Uh, so I guess their disconnect really worked. But yeah. So they get attacked by um, by these poofs, and they have to try to figure out what to do next. Yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, that's about you know the a good halfway through the movie. And um, what are these? What are these poofs like? Like, uh, I think whoever designed the poof uh, and the way that they lash out, uh, it's they had to be fans of the thing. Mm, yeah, um, because that is straight out of the thing, as far as like the kind of icky, like tendril like small tendril like almost blood vessel kind of feel to it um yeah it's almost like a tongue right yeah yeah but they can move by it so it like grips onto something and they can swing to some other place and then another one pops out and 
so it's it, it's like a it's like a tongue slash grabber slash weapon slash all sorts of things but they also have the ability to make you hallucinate or something yeah I never quite figured that out I think I think they can omit some sort of gas and it is yeah it's a, a hallucinates or you hallucinate yeah. when you ingest it so but yeah the poofs are incredible also one of the one of the best things about them is they look completely harmless they look like something you would decorate your home with maybe yeah. Although I don't know what it. Yeah. I don't know what a decorative poof is. I've never. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I mean, apparently I've seen them. I just didn't know they were called poofs. I. So. I am not convinced they're actually called poofs. I think that this is a made-up word for this movie. Maybe. I don't know. How about if you vamp, I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, if anybody knows, uh, if there are, uh, things called poofs that you can leave around your house, then, um, please comment and let us know. It's a, it's a thing. Oh. P-O-U-F. P-O-U-F. Not F-E? Yeah, that's what I thought too. But yeah, it's, it's P-O-U-F. Cotton canvas poof. Oh, yeah, apparently yeah. it's it's a thing. Interesting. But it's like a bean bag that you can put your feet on. So it's like basically a, a squishy ottoman that doesn't have legs. Yeah. Which so fits. imagine Yeah. Imagine that's that's what these things are. But the hairy despite, version. Yeah. Despite yeah. despite their their cuddly, you know, almost comforting uh look, they are deadly. They are so deeply. deadly, so deeply deadly. deadly, and they like ethanol. Mm-hmm. So they are going through, and they're trying to suck the ethanol out of everything. So ethanol found in in um, whiskey, ethanol found in sourdough starter, yeah. uh, ethanol found in cars. So a yeah. lot of the cars become useless because um, it sucks all the gas out. Yeah, except for the diesel cars. And then what do they, they hit you and then they can uh, just kill you instantly, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's basically their little, their little arms or tongues or whatever, like shoot out and they just like explode your, your head. I think that was the, one of the most compelling scenes in the movie is whenever they're trying to escape and they see the two guys in the truck and the thing just like you see it in the distance you don't actually see like you see enough gore because you see his head just explode yeah and then he pops out yeah then he crumples down yeah exactly into nothing yeah 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 it's so well done well done yeah so what did you think about this movie so i i challenged you to watch it yeah and you you started watching it um, I wasn't, like I said before, I was a little on the fence the first little bit, because like, like we've already talked about, they were a little, 
the, the characters are a little too cutesy, a little too like Juno esque, um, precocious, but in a hipster kind of way. Um, and so I couldn't quite get a feel for it um, at first, but I think once they, they got to the cabin and you started to see, uh, I think my favorite running gig through the film was his, uh, his, his waking up in the middle of the night after drinking too much, yeah. seeing, uh, seeing, uh, hallucinating, uh, or night visions, some sort. And it's always him waking up, seeing something in the distance and saying, get away, get away. <laughs> and she always has to calm him back down. But of course the gig or like the, the, the gag runs until there's actually something there one night. And, and you know, it's coming because we're all trained to know that that's a thing that will happen. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, but it's hilarious every time. Yeah, I think he thinks there's a lion in the room. Yes. But it's a yeah, poof. Yeah, yeah, it's a poof. Like, there's a lion in the room. <laughs> yeah, so, but I I, I really came around on the film, and it, it, it ultimately kind of endeared me to it. Um, and I don't know what to do with the ending. Uh, mm. it, it kind of It kind of reminds me of... And I and I I hate to put these two movies in the same category because I I actually think they're both really good for completely different reasons. But Midnight Special, mm. um, the ending of that one is equally odd, um, baffling. Yeah, baffling. Yeah, and and almost as ethereal in the same way. Um, yeah, I. <clears throat> And so I, I, I couldn't never can figure out how like I like it, but I can't ever figure out how it works within the scope of the film on both of them. Uh, Jeff Nichols will more than likely always have my undying love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he has yet to make a misstep. But if there's one that's close, I'm like, I don't think it's a misstep. I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I I think for Jeff Nichols, I'd put mud on his misstep. Really? Level. Okay. I mean, not yeah. not misstep, but that's the closest one that's to the closest a misstep. Thing. That's fair. That's fair. But that's that's probably more to do with Matthew McConaughey. Oh than... no, no, let's not, let's not, let's not beat up on Matthew. Come on now. <laughs> No, okay. We're not we're not beating up on Matthew. I enjoy Matthew McConaughey movies. I think I think that he's a lovable goofball and sometimes that's distracting in movies. Fair enough. That's all I meant. So Fair enough. Fair enough. There's my there's my criticism that yeah. sometimes Matthew McConaughey's persona gets uh, away from himself and is distracting. So that's fair. Yeah, I'm good with that. That's that is a fair critique, and I will let that pass. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I yeah, 
Midnight Special, I think that's a really good comparison because I haven't watched that movie in a while. But yeah, I remember the ending. This this ending and that ending have a similar, almost, I don't know, there's like a, a hopefulness to both of them to Yeah, them. and I couldn't figure, like I definitely see the hopefulness in Midnight Special. I couldn't figure out if this if the ending to this one was hopeful or not. So like the ethereal element of it makes it seem happy and shiny and like you know hopeful in that way. But I'm like, who's shooting these people up into space? Like, are the aliens doing it? Are the poofs like trying to collect them? Or like what what's going on here? Like this doesn't feel like a good thing. <laughs> I I have a I have a theory about this. And I okay. guess I guess I guess we're going to talk about this okay. before we talk about the disconnection because I almost feel like the plot of the disconnect is kind of kind of a smokescreen. Like it's not really okay. what the movie it's not really what the movie is about. I think it's a good gag where it's like you disconnect and then the world falls apart. Yeah. Like, your worst fears mm-hmm. come to fruition because you're like everyone's saying like, well, if I if I turn my phone off, then I won't know what's happening. And it's like, no, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter unless the world is being taken over yes. by aliens. And then it actually really fucking matters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but um Throughout the movie, you have these two characters that basically have lost themselves, right? They aren't the people that they wanted to be, and they're in their 30s. They're basically kind of the lost millennial generation. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, they are, are representatives of that. They're, you know, they're not even married. They don't have any kids. They kind of want some, maybe, in the future, but they don't have that planned out or even an idea of how to get to that point at this They're waiting for their careers to take off. They're waiting for their careers to take off, but they're not really doing anything to make sure that happens. As as they discover late in the film, we have no skills. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's... I actually think that that um, that speech that uh, the character Jack, the the guy, mm-hmm. gives about like I wanted to be a feminist, and so I didn't look at all of these manly things. And it turns out I'm not a good feminist, and I can't do these manly things, <laughs> and so I just can't do anything. I I think that's really funny because in some ways like it it resonates where i'm like yeah i'm not like i'm not a good modern man and sometimes i don't feel like i can do the things that got us into the modern world either so where do i fit in as a person (laughs) you know when it also um, speaks to some extent it kind of speaks to the performative nature of identity Mm-hmm. Like 
the fact that like we're all just trying to be something that we may or may not be because it gets us some vague notion of social status or fame or something like that um or gets us the job whatever it may be like but like the fact that he says like i wanted to be a feminist but i'm not even good at that it's like recognizing that like like on some level ideology tends to be performative yeah yeah (laughs) until the until the rubber meets the road and you actually have to like act on it like it's performance art (laughs) yeah and i think i think these characters are looking for something to kind of push forward in life right yeah like Mm -hmm. They want to know why why to keep going. And I think, so the movie opens with this line, which just, it flashes in front of the screen and it says, I forget, I think it says, oh, I don't think it even says the year. It just says, the year we lost Earth. Yeah. And so it, it sets up the sets up this doom, um, and I kind of feel like that also resonates with me, mm-hmm. given how much doom and gloom, specifically climate stuff mm-hmm. that is happening. Like it feels like we are in the process of losing the Earth, especially if you, you know listen to things and you you um you know you read the news constantly like it doesn't take a very happy spin on anything so you know i think a lot of people are feeling this way and a lot of people are feeling really um really kind of frightened about that um and so i brought i bring that up because i was actually having a discussion with some friends about like this idea of of feeling kind of guilty for bringing kids into the world a little bit, you know, bringing kids into a world on fire and and yeah. um, and you're you're you having know. the discussion that Ethan Hawke has in First Reformed. Sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you you do that and you think about it and you think about like why would I do this and and I think. I think these are also valid feelings, um, but, um, but yeah, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of wondering how, how do we move on from this? So I, I feel like the movie, you know, sets it up in kind of a playful way, mm-hmm. but, you know, instead of a climate disaster, they, they put in this, this immediate, you know, yeah. uh, uh, alien invasion but what happens after these characters uh kind of try to get out is they actually get stuck with some sort of responsibility Mm -hmm. and i think that it's this responsibility that actually saves them too yeah Um, that's fair that's good so they uh, they get out of the place that they're staying in. They're actually in a really, you know, good situation because they're in a diesel truck. 
at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, and the, the aliens don't like the diesel. So then they see this other car get attacked that had gas and the people get out of it. Um, this, this man and this woman get out and they're both attacked and they both die. And as they drive by, they hear a baby crying. (laughs) And I think that's where this movie elevates itself. Like, I really think that this part of the story is so important. Um, And it gets at the ending, too, um, Mm -hmm. with how, how exactly it ends. So they're basically given this decision of, like, like, of course, it makes perfect sense to leave the baby. They don't know. Like, the world is literally on fire at this point. Not literally. Sorry. It's it's on poof right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and they don't know how they're going to, like, survive even the next hour. So why would they, you know, why would they carry extra baggage that's not even their kid? But you see this, that they both know the right thing to do, like yeah. the human thing to do to save themselves, really, and save this mm-hmm. kid is to bring the kid with them. Yep. And, and, you know, and they basically get thrown into this parenting, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. And now they're parents and... and you know, it's baby Jack. And so it matches the name of the guy, you know, too. And so, so they're all excited about that. And then there's this goofy scene where they, uh, where they lose the baby and they have to find him, but it was because they were drugged by the poof. But I think that this is an important, like important step too, because I don't know. I, I think about, I think about like the world on fire and it frightens me, but I also think that really our only option for affecting the future in a positive way mm-hmm. is kids. And I'm not yeah. saying like everybody needs to have kids. I don't, you know, pe- some people can't have kids. Some people, you know, aren't going to have kids and different things like that. And I think you should respect that. But like, if no one has kids, we die out. (laughs) We just do. Mm -hmm. And, and really like growing up the next generation is the most futuristic thing that you can do. (laughs) It's, it's really kind of, uh, kind of science fiction you know you are you are are getting a a chance to affect the future in that way um and so you know i think i think the movie is kind of answering these these questions about how how do we continue on how do we go with this baby and saying like you you teach the next generation you parent the next generation Mm -hmm. you you know you make sure that they have that they're safe, that they are there. Otherwise, yeah, we lose ourselves. That's mm-hmm. that's it. 
And uh, and I think the ending, so the ending is a little strange because they realize that the Earth is going under. And then all of a sudden this this thing shows up and they are drawn to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a trap, too, where it's meant to, you know, capture them. And it does. And then it starts flying up into space. And the, the two of them and the baby in tow. Yeah. yeah. And um there you know, I think Blake, you mentioned, you know, I don't know if it was if it's good or bad or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And and actually one of like the final line is Are we saved? <laughs> yeah. So I think it, it adds to that. But after after he says that, they both look at the kid, and the kid is laughing, and so uh, that's fair. I I think that's signifying, yeah, you're saved because you have the future with you. You can continue even in this new paradigm. You so. you you have you now have duties to another. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which anyway, is, in effect, community. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just I that's a that, I, that's a good take. I like that. Yeah. I was com- I was completely surprised by this movie the first time I watched it, which was mm-hmm. like probably about two years ago or so, and and so was Kira. She watched it with me, and then. Um, yeah, I I haven't been able to get it out of my mind, especially like in the context of of all of this, you know, climate anxiety and all of that and yeah. you know, I think I think it has a very hopeful and you know, good message despite I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised because usually hipster movies, there's, there's this ironic edge and things, things tend to end on, on, you know, sour notes or, or things like that. Pretty much wears its heart on its sleeves. Yeah. 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 And it, it just, for me, it feels good when I watch it. No, I, I think that's a, I think that's a good point. I uh, I am a little sad that I missed that through line, but it makes sense because it's right there in front of you. I mean, um, but yeah, that's good. That that I, I think I was just so like it it, it might have needed me to re- like watch it again to kind of catch that that drift because I was so I was more like thinking on the tech side of things like disconnect what, what it means to disconnect in a world where we are so dependent on overload of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, like literally this movie is a worst case scenario of that, of that situation because no one wants to be caught off guard, but everyone knows we get too much information. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not a secret anymore. 
we we are seeing we have been reaping the benefits the last seven, eight, nine, ten years due to it because no one can agree on what reality actually is anymore. So <laughs> it's and it's and I, I I put the blame on a good level on social media and and the internet as a uh, information saturation. <laughs> so, uh, so it's it, it, I was I think I was panning the whole film through that lens and completely missed the human element. So I, I, I actually really like that 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 take. So I had the advantage of this is my second time of watching it. Yeah. And I'd been thinking about it up to that point. And I feel like this time solidified that in my mind. I don't gotcha. know if I had all of the all of those thoughts the first time too. But you know, to be fair to you, I do think that there is that technological aspect too but i think you're right to say it's ultimately a gimmick like it's not it's not at the the heart of what the movie's trying to get at like it's really like the the central critique like technology wise is is this question of like well i I guess i guess on some level you could tie it in the human element Mm -hmm. um because I just thought of this as we were talking about it, but in in a world where we are constantly quote unquote connected to people all over the place, we have. I mean, I wouldn't have known you, Jameson, if it had not been for the internet. Yeah, if it had not been for Facebook and social media and whatnot, um, I don't think we would have. Well, maybe we might have met at some point, but we wouldn't have known each other. In the same way that we know each other. So sure. Um, but I think there's this question now that we're all so connected and that this web that has been woven by the internet and by social media is is there an is there an aspect of disconnecting that now makes us Does this does disconnecting ultimately cause us to uh, shirk our obligations to others? Mm. So I'm thinking specifically around all the you know various protests and movements and climate and all these different things that are very important and very like richly uh debated and and all these things throughout the world and there's this through line with certain personalities that say like the fact that you can disconnect shows your privilege or whatever you want to or whatever language you want to use it basically says well yeah you can disconnect because you're not your life isn't on the line or your job isn't on the line or or whatever it is. Yeah. And and so, like, I think that's a fair question to ask. Um, 
I have ultimately rejected it. <laughs> yeah, um, I. But I, but but I think it's fair. I think it's a fair fair critique. Um, and I think that I think you could make a through line in this film that that on some level, like because they disconnect, like they're not able to help their family or their friends or all these things. I don't think the movie specifically making that point, but I yeah. think the point could be made from it. Um, and I do occasionally think about that. I think about the nature of what, what it means to disconnect these days. And that's, I largely go back and I say, there is no such thing as complete disconnection. Yeah. Like, we, there is no going back. <laughs> yeah. <Maybe>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, we I can agree. stop using social media. We can stop using apps. We can start using all these things. We're still part of the quote unquote web. <laughs> yeah, it, it it feels like a Pandora's box, right? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. opened it up and you, you can't get it back in. And to your point, there was a there was a part of the movie this time that actually made me really sad, which was exactly what you're talking about they go and listen to their messages to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on. And they realize like, Oh, I'll never get to talk to my mom again. Probably yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, we could have been saved. We could have been with our family. Um, and, and they're not, and they do, you know, I think maybe if there's, if there's like, if we're talking about kind of a big misstep in the movie, it's that they didn't spend more time with that because I feel like mm-hmm. there's, there's more to be uh, mined from that. But, uh, but I, I, I feel like the movie wanted to like kind of keep things moving. And, yeah. um, and, and to some extent you almost need to keep it well focused for one, because mm-hmm. the central issue was about them. Uh get too far out field and and you've kind of lost the plot a little bit but yeah but also you need to keep it kind of light because this movie is very it 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 moves at a pace and it's it's quirky and it's humorous and if you go too dark and not in the right way uh then it can take you out of the movie pretty easily yeah Uh, yeah but yeah, but there is that that sadness of yeah. like they were disconnected so long that they really weren't there for their community, mm-hmm. um, you know. And you could even argue though that um, that they weren't really there in the first place for yeah. their community too. So you know they. Like you had mentioned, they their phones were you know causing their libidos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they weren't there for each other. Um, you know, in in a sense, their their connections kind of to go back to that were were keeping them from from kind of growing further. That's true. And, you know, yeah. becoming a family. Um. Uh. But yeah, but I know what you mean too about not feeling like you can ever really disconnect. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I mean, I I don't think I'll ever. I my my job is in Seattle, and so I'll never be able to not disconnect yeah. from that. I'm I'm over here in Chico, California, and so I need to go remote in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and there are just so many ways that that we are connected. And it's also expected too. Like people don't like when you can't download an app for their services because then they have to do something different. So, you know, we, we expect Mm -hmm. that, that you have these phones that can, that can handle this. Um, So (laughs) I think I may have mentioned on the show um, a couple of months ago, my wife and I, tried to get rid of our smartphones um, and replace them with what's called a light phone. It was, and, and the audience doesn't know this, but the whole time I was like, dude, you need to let me know how that goes because I had already been looking at the light phone. Uh, I am now no longer looking at the light phone because what? Because the light phone is a steaming pile of shit. <laughs> no, I'm, I, you know, I feel bad because like some company put a lot of resources into this thing and I think their heart is in the right place. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. But yeah. their hardware, their hardware is. I like not. what you did there. Um, it is not in the right place at all and uh, where it should be is in the dump Um, not (laughs) your hands so we got these things and we really you know we gave it a college try Um, I think I gave it a whole semester's worth of time Um, but it just it's a really bad piece of tech and Mm -hmm. It, it's it's kind of baffling that like you don't need you don't need the fact that it's a, a terrible piece of tech to be the thing that that like stops you from using your phone more mm-hmm. but you know the the interface it doesn't you can't text so you sh- the promise was that you could text and you could call out and then that's basically all you could do. There's a couple other things on the phone, but that's basically all you could do, but it couldn't even do those things. Like it was, it just couldn't hold itself together. I was on a run like a week ago and I knew I was going to be out of service. And right now my smartphone, I can only use as kind of like a tablet. Um, when I'm at the house or there's Wi-Fi around. But if I'm out on a run, I need to take my light phone with me. So yeah. it can it can make a phone call. It it's it does that. But I was receiving a phone call and for some reason the phone screen where you accept the call didn't pop up and there was no oh. way to get to it. So I was getting this phone call and I couldn't even answer. (laughs) Um, So things like that, it would, it would, yeah. Anyway, that's, 
that's my review of the light phone. Look into other <laughs> options if you want to get a dumb phone. That's my my. Maybe uh, just get a regular flip phone by Samsung or something. I mean, they're out there. They yeah. Like them. Yeah. AT and T still sells them. I don't know. Or I whatever. don't know what I was thinking with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking out. I was drooling at it for probably a couple months before you told me you were getting one. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so this month we give up and we go back to smartphones. We reconnect. Uh, we <clears throat> well, that's the thing, though, is that, like, so the 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 typical term for people who are trying to get rid of tech and are largely negative towards technology is a Luddite, which uh, whenever you hear that term, you automatically think of, you know, some old geezer who doesn't like all that newfangled technology. But if you actually look at the history of Luddites, like they weren't anti-technology. They were anti-technology that destroyed their work environment. Mm. Like they were very precise about the machines they would destroy. <laughs> and they were machines that were uh, ultimately choosing profit over humanity. Mm. And, and so um, that's where I, that's where I would consider myself a Luddite is that it's not that technology is writ large bad. It's not good either. It's, it's not neutral either <laughs> uh, every technology is is somewhere on the spectrum <laughs> depending on how you use it but um i i am constantly trying to figure out how to use what technology i want to use well um i think that's the bigger question i think that's the question that sharp people are asking mm -hmm. is not whether or not we should bash everything to pieces and start over again or not to be 100% connected at all times because both of those are obviously going to fail. Um, but how do we use the tech we're using well? And I would add on to that, uh, how does it affect our duties and obligations to others Yeah, um, in our everyday life? I mean... I, the reason why I quit social media was was less about me having strong feelings about Twitter as mm -hmm. a company and, and more about the fact that I can't let a notification go without looking at it. Um, and whenever you're constantly looking at your phone, well, you, you're taking your attention away from someone else. And so I finally just got to the point where I was like, no, I need to be present for the people that are around me. And that means maybe getting rid of social media so I'm not checking it constantly, turning off the notifications to my text messages. Uh, so I literally have to go in to check to see if I have a text message. <laughs> yeah. And so sometimes I won't answer right away because I don't know a text has come intentionally. So... <laughs> Um, I do, I do keep my phone. I, I usually have my phone near me most of the time. So I keep it on silent. 
I can see when people call. So if I feel like I need to have it on, if I'm sleeping or something like that, I'll turn it on and that's problem solved. But yeah, it's, 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 for me, it's, it's a question of like, how do we live in a world that has become so detached from the people that live around us? Uh, How do we reconnect with our neighbors or our local community or, or whatever it may be, like whoever it is that you have been neglecting, who is yeah. in the flesh, <laughs> in your life. Um, and my wife constantly tells me, like, you are exceptionally good at keeping up with the relationships you've made online. And it's one of those things I'm like, yeah, because I get to care about those people. But finally, I had to just tell myself, I've got enough people. I don't need any more. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stretch myself that thin. Otherwise, no one's getting any of me. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And I, I do think, like, I think that kind of to your point, too, like, you can still, like, have that idea of, like, this is a flesh and blood person and they can be someone you see on social media, but, and, and that's maybe the, the like using it well sort of way, Mm -hmm. but like, that's not what social media trains you to think of people because of this problem that you're saying, which is there's too many of them. You, you know, so you think of them as an avatar. You think of them as a, network you think of them as a um you know whatever a like mm-hmm. you you know you have these ways to um to kind of um smash them into something smaller yeah. and more manageable and that takes away their humanity and mm-hmm. yeah you you don't have to use social media like that but Social you are media in, also kind of makes itself yeah make you do that <laughs> you you are encouraged to do that like yeah. every social media is is some sort of gamified version of itself yeah. you know it has it has its its it's like stated use mm-hmm. like instagram a place where you can post pictures but really instagram is a place where you can gather people to like your pictures yeah and so it's a gamified version of itself and i think i think you get that with with every every Mm -hmm. social media um it has kind of this this like presenting um persona and then the the fake game of or the the real gamified version of itself um and there's a lot of there's a lot of um commentators out there that are because i i'm glad you brought up the gamified aspect of it because there's a lot of commentators out there who are saying that 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 gamification of of the internet and of social media specifically has found its way into other aspects of online life um including politics and 
um, like dating apps even like we've we we've turned everyone and everything into a game uh, that is dependent on who has the highest score yeah or the highest amount of likes um, which is bad for it's bad for our souls but it's also bad for democracy <laughs> so, yeah. um yeah it's 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 a little it's a little terrifying um I, I i have to be very careful because i'm i'm just enough of a of a fatalist um where i can go into spirals and be like it doesn't it doesn't matter like just let the world burn because i clearly am one of the few people who believes that this is really bad (laughs) i think Um, i think a lot of people do but they don't you know but they don't know it's hard it's hard to like use it correctly it it's hard to use something well right i think it takes it takes effort it takes kind of rethinking things uh, you know envisioning your relationship with this tech Mm -hmm. and re-envisioning it and that it you know it's a lot of work especially if you know you work a 40 hour a week job and then you come home and you're like i want to work on my relationship with technology (laughs) no you know Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, but I think, I think people are mostly aware that, that something is off, even if they participate constantly. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's part of it is, you know, I, I totally agree with, I, I just don't have the, the motivation to work on my relationship to that specific technology. Um, but also, I've read enough books about the <laughs> the profit margin mm. of our data that part of me is like, n- n- I, I don't want, I don't have the motivation to use this technology well, but I also don't want to work on using this technology well while they profit off of my work. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, I'm just like, no, I I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like I said, I tend to be a fatalist. So, and I have a, I I have enough, uh, enough minimalism in me to know that like, eh, I don't need it. I don't need any of it. Life, life can be more simple. It's not actually minimalism is 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 a lie. Also, <laughs> yeah, you can gain tons of things. Oh man, I I'm always surprised at how much stuff I accumulate <laughs> just well, by existing. Mean? Yeah, even me. Like I, I consider myself like a really, really strong minimalist. But 
I still accumulate. I may I just, go through cycles yeah. of giving it away or selling it or something, but I still accumulate. That's yeah. So to live is to accumulate, Blake. Yep. In this day and age, as good consumers, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I really appreciate I, I appreciate the, the the humor and and the the thoughtfulness of the film because it could have been Juno esque, uh, and and I and I hate on Juno a lot. I I liked it when I first saw it, but it spawned a whole kind of subgenre of films, uh, and it got tiring very quickly. <laughs> and so, yeah. I think I think that's true. I think it's probably one of the better ones of that, you know, of that genre. But yeah, the the twee, just cutesy, quirky, indie, uh, overly movie. precocious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it's 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 kind of nihilistic in its own way. Um, at least a lot of the later ones were. I wouldn't say Juno is, but yeah, but some of the later ones were just truly style over substance. So yeah, but I think I think this one has some substance to it. So. Oh, definitely, definitely, and and actually, I'm I'm really glad we had this conversation because <laughs> I kind of want to rewatch it now with your reading in my yeah. head. Yeah, yeah, because well. That went right over my head. I mean, you, I think you, you saw it there and were able to make the connections, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I was just coming out from a different angle, but I still, I still like the fact that you, like you were able to connect it in a way that really had little to do with the technology aspect. Um, and just simply them as people recognizing that no, we are being saved because we are in effect caring for another person. Yeah. <laughs> and we chose to do this and we are actively choosing to do this um, at every step. Yeah. Because there's numerous chances when they could have just let it go and been like, okay, baby Jack, we'll have thoughts and prayers for you, but you know, we're out of here, but they don't when they realize that baby Jack is gone and they've gotten out of their hallucinogenic state. Like they're like, Oh crap. You know, what's, where is he? <laughs> they're actually worried. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing to kind of see. And I think it works specifically because of, the background of this type of movie in the past. And mm -hmm. also because everyone knows those people. <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's, it's not, it's not throwing shade at those people. Like I, I love a lot of the people that would fit that category that I know. Um, like, but the, the critique still stands. Like it's, they don't they, they there there's there it's let's let's put it this way it's 
It's an unaware immaturity. Yeah, it's it's an immaturity that leads to, uh, you know, that selfishness maybe, or at least choices to be selfish. And in yeah. a sense, you know, if if the world is falling apart, w- why would you not be selfish? Yeah. You know, too like, mm-hmm. and. And again, I'm uh, yeah, I'm not trying to throw shade at selfishness because like there is, you know, there is an aspect where you need to be selfish in order to care for yourself in order to, mm-hmm. you know, yep. there's there's that saving yourself too. Um but I think at some point you might realize that you don't actually have any skills and maybe it was maybe these skills come from being part of a community and Mm -hmm. knowing you know having a reason to use them having a reason to you know quote unquote be a man and step in front of your you know your partner and save them or something like yeah. that, which is something that happens in this movie too. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, and, and these are, these are things when you're not just, these are things that you learn when you're not just thinking about your own personal survival yeah. too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I did. I did like the comment on the uh, whenever they're reconnecting in the canoe, and she brings her notebook out, and it's basically just what she wrote down from the internet before they left about ways to reconnect with your partner. And I love the fact that he just is like, "You basically just brought the internet. <laughs> you wrote the internet down, and you brought it with you. You brought the internet with you. Yeah." Yeah, yeah, I I adored that. I, I and and the type of advice that that was brought was something you find often on the internet. Yeah, uh, and so it just made it that much more poignant, but also hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's I think we've we've touched a little bit on that, but there's some. There are some funny parts. There's some good oh, yeah. good humor in this movie too. So I still say that one of the funniest moments is when they first see the poof like uh swaying away. And he's like, <laughs> What the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is a pretty like what the hell moment too. So like it's so fitting and then uh there's a line my wife and I say to each other all the time where like when uh, they like are outside and he sees a poof on the roof and he just says poof on the roof, poof on the roof. (laughs) So we repeat that back to each other. It's just one of those things that's fun to say. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You, you accidentally, you didn't know where I was in the film and, and you, you quoted that in a text message and I was like, I didn't know what you were talking about, but I assumed it was coming at some point, but it still surprised me when it happened. Yeah. Like I didn't see it coming even then. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I felt bad. Yeah. I felt bad when, when I said that and I realized you were earlier in the movie and I was like, Oh, and so I like stopped talking to you about the movie, <laughs> but 
Yeah. But also, Jameson doesn't doesn't. Jameson is is a good boy, and he recognizes you know that most people don't like spoilers. I, however, don't give one shit if I have a movie spoiled for me. Because well, I'm like, eh, if it's if it if it really is dependent on that spoiler for it to be good, then I I question what's goodness. <laughs> I I think. I think that's true too. Like I've watched enough movies where it kind of feels like, yeah, no, the movie should hold on its own. Like you should be able to rewatch a movie and enjoy it again. If it's a good movie and you know, especially like if your first time through it is just someone telling you specific parts of the plot, then like, you know, it still has a good chance of being good. Um, but you know, the, the times when I think about like, oh, the, you don't want to spoil it are things like M. Night Shyamalan movies or like Christopher Nolan oh, see, movies. I, and then I might bring it on. I don't care. But, <laughs> but I think those are the movies where most people like feel like they don't want them to be spoiled. I, yeah. I actually think yeah. that. It's really only those types of movies that that mm-hmm. people really care deeply about in this twist situation. Movies. Yeah. Twist movies. But most movies aren't like that. Like, yeah, yeah, twists happen and you know, and and knowing the end kind of sucks, but like seeing how it gets to the end is really what's important. Um and uh, spoiler alert for future episodes. But I still watch M. Night Shyamalan movies, knowing the twist full and well, and enjoy them nonetheless. <laughs> have you have you seen the new one? I haven't yet, but I've heard really good things. That, that I, it's like a return to form. I've uh, heard things. Yeah, well, I mean, as long as it's better than the book, I'm fine. Oh, I didn't read the book. Don't. Yeah, I I that author has written one one really great book, one good book. The rest I've read have not been that great. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the book. So the fact that I heard that he changed the, the ending significantly or relatively significantly, I'm like, good. Because it needed it. <laughs> like, do you know what that ending is? Do you know the ending that he changed it to? No, but but can you tell me? Oh, I don't know. I oh, was just no, wondering if you. Yeah. I no. was just wondering if you had already spoiled yourself. No, but it. here's no, no, no. So here's the thing: people always get this wrong about about people like me. It's not <laughs> that I go actively searching for spoilers. Yeah. It's. It's that if someone gets super excited about seeing a movie and they let loose and not knowing that I hadn't seen it, I'm not going to get mad at them because mm. I was going to go see it anyways. And I don't know if you'll know this, but context really matters. Yeah, I've had stuff spoiled for me and I still had the same exact shock when it happens in the movie because I knew what came around it. Mm-hmm. 
having a piece of information that supposedly spoils the movie for me actually doesn't spoil it for me because I don't know what came before and I don't know what comes after. So yes, I have a piece of information and it may color my the way I, I go into the film, but I still maintain that if someone had told me that 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 uh, uh, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time in The Sixth Sense, I would have been like, eh. The revelation still would have worked for me because it's well done. <laughs> I, I think I tend to agree, but I think there's some nuance only no, because... No, no, we don't live in a nuanced society, Jameson. You either agree or you don't, and you have to create a political party or political movement out of that that opinion. Mm, okay, but but I mean, sometimes the experience I have while watching a movie affects how I feel about the movie, kind of for a little bit. I do feel like that, like more stronger emotions to the movie come later after I've mm-hmm. seen it, after I already know about a film and have, have had time to think about it and think about how it's pieced together, which yeah. is slightly different or is very different than the immediate experience. Yeah. Um, and I think again the stronger emotions I have towards movies are the late are the ones that I develop later. Yeah. And mm-hmm. those it actually again it doesn't matter if I got it spoiled like I could still have those same emotions and I feel like that's yeah. still there. Yeah. But I do think some things can affect how I experience a movie at the very you know, beginning. Now, yeah, like when I'm, when I'm watching it for the first time now, whether or not a spoiler, like whether or not knowing the ending is going to do that is kind of dependent on the movie and, you know, and also kind of knowing in the future that I'm going to like think about this movie and I'm going to process it later helps me not be so worried about like, well, I already know what's coming. So, it's not worth it because I still find value in trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, trying to understand the context, trying to understand the, this, this story, but you know, like one, you know, one recent experience where I think it was really important that I was in a dark theater where there was a giant screen, for example. So the experience mattered was seeing Skinnamarink. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess I can't fully come onto your side and say that, that you know, being spoiled doesn't uh, 100% change anything. I think it changes. Yeah, well, I, I definitely think it changes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying that it doesn't kill her your perspective of the movie going in. Um, but 
I would say that a movie I wasn't going to like uh, from the beginning, uh, I wouldn't have liked whether or not I had heard the twist or the the piece of information before or after. <laughs> um, and so, and same goes with the movie I do like. Uh, it it's not it's not it's not the culminating factor. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Of whether or not I like a film. Um, I, I think probably signs is one of my favorite Shyamalan films. And that twist was divisive when it first came out, mm -hmm. but I loved it. And as stupid as it may be, and I think it has its stupidities, but it works on an emotional level on rewatches. Like mm. every time, every time, man, I just feel I'm, I'm like, oh, <laughs> start crying. So, <laughs> yeah. And also, Mel Gibson's just one hell of a crier on film. Oh, really? That man can cry like a beast and make you believe it every time. I haven't seen signs in a long time. Mm. Mm. It's funny you say that because this going to be our next. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no spoilers, Blake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I think there's, there's definitely nuance. I, I think it is, there isn't a preference element to it. Um, my my wife is is one of those people, especially if she's going into a uh, horror film, which she doesn't do often. Um, she will read the wiki page mm. and know every beat of the story, and I will usually tell her, "Yeah, don't don't tell me anything." And it's not, I, I just like I don't. I'm not going to use her as my intentional searching mechanism. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so. Uh, if she lets something loose accidentally, fine, whatever. It doesn't matter to me, but, sure. but I'm not going to ask her. I'm going to be like, yeah, what happens? You know, but, uh, the, where my inconsistencies hit is with books. Mm. If someone tells me any part of a book that is pertinent to like the story itself, I will lose my damn mind. <laughs> oh, wow. That totally defeats the point of reading the damn thing in the first place. Mm. And that's partially because a book requires more attention and more work and more time. And so if you think about a movie, most of the time, the longest you're going to have to deal with it is three hours. Mm -hmm. A book, you're usually with it unless you're a speed reader for days <laughs> and so uh yeah I, I i don't i don't stand for that i'll have to make sure to find out what books you're reading and then just randomly talk about randomly yeah, yeah. what happens yeah. at the end do you, do you want me to come to chico and and, and kill you <laughs> that i've just tried to hang out with you blake i no, just it's, need it's, that that's not even nonfiction. It's not even nonfiction. It's 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 simply fiction. Okay. Yeah, you can tell me all you want about any nonfiction book I'm I'm reading, and I'll be like, yeah, the chances are pretty good that I'll come away with a different perspective on it. But 
you do you. <laughs> well, I will be very careful not to spoil anything about a book um, for you. Well, yeah, but you're my friend. If, if it happens, I'll show you some grace. I'll be sad. I'll, for the I'll first be... time. Well, no, the second I start to realize that you're doing it intentionally, that's a different story. But accidentally, I mean, nah. Some random stranger comes up and and accidentally lets loose on some piece of information from a book. I will cold cock that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, any strangers listening to this uh, <laughs> this episode, please be careful with the books you talk about around Blake. Yes. Yes, please do. All right. Well, knuckle sandwich. I certainly don't. <laughs> uh, well, Blake, yeah, do, you, do you think we've talked about this enough? I we're, think we're at 202, 203. 203. Wow. Above the yeah. two hour line. Yeah, I think I think we stopped talking about the movie a while ago. Um, and yeah, we're we're pretty good. Okay. Well, any do you have anything else you wanted to say last minute? No. But like a like a good like a good believer, a good Christian, I'll tell you to save yourselves. It works. <laughs> for uh for marriage? for marriage? Yeah, for marriage. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Okay. Uh All right. Uh, you do you. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>